If you stop and think about everything happening here in the good old U.S. of A., you might believe that there are only two sides to every story. Actually, there are many more sides. At last count, there were over 327 million sides to our American story. On this program, we'll take a look at different stories, from a different point of view. Mine. Hopefully, after listening, absorbing, and actually thinking about what you hear, it might just become your point of view as well. I'm Steve, and this is The Truth Hurts. It's my afternoon dose of reality today on The Truth Hurts. So, first of all, what is truth? The dictionary website says truth is a noun. Schoolhouse Rock, the old 1970s ABC educational cartoon series, said that a noun is a person, place, or thing. I'll give you a moment while you try to remember the music and the words. A person is a person, a place is a location, and a thing is defined as an object that one need not, cannot, or does not wish to give a specific name to, an inanimate material object as distinct from a living sentient being, or an action, activity, event, thought, or utterance. A thought is a mental process of evaluating a thing, or a subject, or a person, or a place. So there you have it, a complete circle. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, says the truth will set you free. I, on the other hand, say the truth hurts. The entire meaning of truth versus lie is subjective at best. People call the information that most accurately and relevantly and definitively describes what is around them as truth and anything that contradicts it as a lie. Proverb the truth hurts, that proverb usually comes out of a negative reaction of a person to whom we advise is incorrect. Hurt defines pain, and so, for your pleasure or your pain, here's a little bit of pain at the expense of the truth. If the truth does indeed hurt, I hope that also, in some way, the truth heals. Listening to the Truth Hurts program. Here is your host, Steve Z. Today on the Truth Hurts, I'm going to scratch a scab a little bit. You know, that need to scratch the itch of a healing that comes with a skin scabbing over after a wound. The wound of the George Floyd death is not yet healing, primarily because the media keeps picking at the scab. You have to let the wound heal or it will become infected, just as the nation is becoming infected, diseased, and nearly mortally wounded over the death of this one man. Oddly enough, no matter where you land on the subject of George Floyd's demise, you cannot argue with the facts. Some of the facts surrounding his death are confounding at best, confusing at worst, 
but nonetheless, they are still the facts. The fact that George Floyd is dead cannot be disputed. Well, not at least by the things we've seen, the evidence that's been presented, or the information we've been provided. I actually had two commenters today tell me that they don't believe he's actually deceased, but we'll hold on to that conspiracy theory for another program. Here's another cold hard fact that many people just do not want to hear. George Floyd's death, though tragic, is the fault of only one man. Who? George Floyd. George Floyd is dead because George Floyd was a victim of George Floyd. Period. Had he not gone to the Cup food store in Minneapolis on that day, with counterfeit money in hand, high on methamphetamines and fentanyl, looking to commit a crime, it is highly likely that George Floyd would be alive today. Had the store staff not called the police to report an allegedly intoxicated man trying to pass funny money, the cops would not have had to drive to the scene of that crime in progress. They would have stayed at the donut shop, talking about whose gun was bigger. And by gun, I mean, well, you know what I mean. Those cops would have gone about their day and not had to deal with a high-as-a-kite ex-convict with an extensive arrest and conviction history, which included assault, theft, drug distribution, drug abuse, and being a fugitive. You know, they would not have had to deal with a criminal. Had George Floyd not been a convicted felon, a criminal, a man with an extensive violent history, he might still be alive today. Just as a reminder, convicted felon means that George Floyd was convicted by the courts of committing multiple felonious crimes. You know, big crimes, major crimes. The cold hard fact spelled out in not one but two autopsies, one by the government and one by the family of George Floyd, proved conclusively that George Floyd did not die as a direct result of a police officer's knee upon his neck. There was no asphyxiation, there was no broken windpipe, there was no evidence of a level of trauma directly connected to the police officers that killed George Floyd. I'm not defending the actions of the cops. Listen to me again. I am not defending the actions of the police who, in my opinion, comma, based on the video evidence presented thus far, comma, I am not convinced that what they did was correct. I am actually convinced that they used excessive force during the detainment shown in the video of George Floyd. In order to be somewhat politically correct, however, the coroner's report does go on to say that the actions of the police were likely contributory. This means that the actions of the police likely exacerbated the situation, though I'm not sure how you can exacerbate the condition of death. Exacerbate, by definition, is to make a problem or condition worse. So how do you make death worse than death? We'll get back to that one. So, if the two autopsies concluded and confirmed that the cops did not directly kill George Floyd, then why is the nation in such an uproar? Perhaps it's not George Floyd, but the systemic thought processes 
that one group of Americans feels towards another and the second group feels towards the first group. I submit to you today that out of the millions of people protesting, rioting, looting, burning, destroying the death in the name of the death of George Floyd, only a handful of them ever met the man, ever knew the man, or even gave one single shit about George Floyd. If the media had not taken the ball and run with it and hyped this death, the death of another convicted felon during the action of committing a crime would be 11th page news. Just after the announcement of Mamie Gregory's bake sale for the Lutheran Church next Sunday after services, or the announcement that Dr. Amos Funderburk has joined the staff at Memorial Medical Group. No, my friends, the death of George Floyd could easily have been washed away in the news cycle as many other deaths of many other criminals occurs every day, and rightly so. What in the holy hell is Steve talking about now? The protest, the anarchy, the outrage, the violence, the destruction, the wall-to-wall media frenzy was designed to divert your attention away from some really serious issues and behind-the-scenes goings-on, some court cases and some landmark legal decisions that should have your complete, undivided, 100% attention. But you see, the media and those pulling the strings and pushing the buttons do not want you to see those things. They would rather tote the Democrat Party line, the George Soros line, the Antifa line, the anti-America line. They would rather keep fanning the flames of white versus black, cops versus black, rich versus black, other group versus black, rich versus poor, gay versus straight, Christian versus Muslim. Why? Because blood sells newspapers. Well, it used to. Now blood sells advertising, so they can push more blood. So back to the topic at hand. George Floyd is dead because of one man, George Floyd, period. His death would likely have come from his next drug deal gone wrong, or perhaps his next attempt to rob some armed citizen who shot him to death. George Floyd was not the average good guy working a nine-to-five job providing for his family. Sure, on television, the family weeps and puts on a show, but unless the entire family was a family of criminals, they had to have known that Brother George was a criminal. They had to have known that he served five years in prison. They had to have known that he was a drug dealer and a drug user and a man who put a gun into the stomach of a pregnant woman while he and his cohorts robbed her of her hard-earned worldly possessions. They had to have known that at one time he was a fugitive. Yes, it's likely that that family looked on Brother George as a member of the family that nobody wants to talk about. I would have used a euphemism related to a sheep, but I don't want to be called a bigot or a racist for bringing out that one. But as I said, generally the family likely knew of his history, of his violent attacks on innocent people, on his history of drug abuse and armed robbery and breaking and entering and drug distribution. They had to have known. They likely would have said, oh God, here he comes. 
Hide the jewelry, y'all. But now that the family's receiving all of these generous donations and condolences and memorials for dear George, and they're getting their own time in the limelight, they're now singing what a great man he was. Meanwhile, as of today, June 15th, over three dozen people have been killed during riots and violent protests, countless others injured, hundreds of millions of dollars in property damage, and oddly enough, the utter destruction of the very communities where people of George Floyd's race worked, lived, and played. Pick, pick, pick. Ouch, that hurts picking the scab just when the itch of healing was just being thought about. Honest Abe Lincoln once wrote, I am a firm believer in the people. If given the truth, they can be depended upon to meet any national crisis. The great point is to bring them the real facts. That's what Abe said. But the problem is with today's media, the facts are often hidden. And since fact generally equals truth in many people's eyes, that can be a problem. When the facts are kept from you, the truth cannot be revealed. Truth, however, can be both manipulated by fact and by opinion. For your truth may not equal my truth, and mine may not equal yours, based solely on that manipulation. Listening to the Truth Hurts program. The opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. The fact is, George Floyd is deceased. For some people in some communities, Their truth is that there's racism all around and George Floyd's death was somehow connected to that racism. Their truth is that the same community has adopted for them what seems like a truth, that all cops are bad and all cops are racist. That all white cops get up every day, strap on a gun and a badge and go out hunting for black people to kill. And that any black cops are just Uncle Tom's for the master. Part of that truth is that all whites hate all blacks, and all blacks hate all whites, and that any white claiming to be against racism is simply hiding their clanhood in the back of their closet. For this group, the facts are clouded over by their version of the truth. For other people in other communities, the truth is that all minorities are inherently criminal. For that truth, Every single black person is a criminal. Every black man wants to rape a young white girl, rob a liquor store, sell you drugs, and kill a cop. In that version of the truth, there is no civilizing minorities. They're all inferior, and they all should either be killed or sent back to wherever it is they came from. That truth is just as bad, if not worse, than the truth of the other side. I use the word truth because in one community, that is what they believe is the truth, and in the other community, that is what they believe is the truth. It is only when actual facts are presented and beliefs put aside that a real truth can be discovered. And sometimes the truth hurts, 
I spoke in prior programs about that vast middle ground in which most Americans live. Black Americans, white Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, gay Americans, straight Americans, Republicans and Democrats, Catholics, Protestants, Muslims, and atheists. It's a vast middle ground that occupied, until this last few weeks, about 90% of the country. In that vast middle ground, people of all races, religions, economic situations, political preferences, and other identifying factors actually do and can coexist. They actually do and can get along. And believe it or not, they actually have common ground on a vast array of subjects. It is in this vast middle ground where you find people who are not so completely polarized in their opinions, on their stances, and in their viewpoints, that they can look objectively at the facts and work towards realizing a truth. Not a truth, actually. The truth. So the fact still remains that A, George Floyd is dead. B, George Floyd's actions and lifestyle and the situation in which he placed himself on that fateful day contributed to his death. C, the cops did not use proper tactics, restraints, or arrest techniques which ultimately contributed to the death of George Floyd. D, there is a systemic air of bigotry in America on the part of both blacks and minorities. And then there's E, the one we don't ever really want to admit to. E is the fact that there are people looking down on the white working class, the black working class, the Hispanic working class, and the Asian working class in America. They pull your strings and push your buttons. They divide you. They create skirmishes and battles to keep you busy. So busy, in fact, that you're not looking at real issues, real controversies, and real problems that they, the pushers of buttons and the pullers of strings, do not want you to see, to hear, or to realize are actually happening. It is the E that keeps the middle-class Americans blaming poor for their problems. It keeps the poor Americans blaming the so-called rich, you know, the man who works 50 hours a week, to be able to afford to send his kids to a decent school or has a newer car in the garage or hell, he's even got a garage? The puppet masters tell the poor, many of whom are the young people of all races that were lied to about their futures, they were fed lies about what young people deserve and how the older people are deliberately keeping them down. The puppet masters are pulling the strings and telling the poor that you middle classers are rich and the root of all evil. Then they tell the middle class Americans that it's the poor who are draining the resources and eating away at your hard earned money through FICA deductions. Then they tell the straights to hate the gays, the gays to hate the straights, the Democrats to hate the Republicans, the Catholics to hate the Baptists. They tell the criminals to hate the cops, the cops to hate the criminals and be suspicious of this group or that group. And with the help of a willing news media to do their bidding, brother will continue to fight brother, sister against sister, sons against fathers, unemployed against workers, homeless against homeowners, and the list goes on and on. A 
This is the Truth Hurts program. Telling it like it is. No, my friends, the death of George Floyd is not at all about George Floyd. It is, however, about anarchy, destruction, disobedience, property damage, looting, rioting, tearing down a nation. It's about dissension. It's about protest. They can put George Floyd's name on it, but as one video account of some rioters recently revealed by a YouTuber, the cameraman asks a guy who was looting a store, walking out with a 65-inch television on his head, how he felt about the death of George Floyd. The man looked right into the camera and said, Who? George who? You see, folks, it's not about George Floyd. It's about opportunists taking advantage of a crisis in progress. It is about criminals behaving as criminals, animals behaving badly, and people jumping on the bandwagon, they themselves becoming criminals, in the name of a man they never met, and likely would have never met under any other circumstance. It is about an anarchist's call for the end of policing, the end of government rule, which in and of itself is laughable because that's exactly one of the things the Republicans have been trying to do, limit government restrictions. But these people are against the Republicans because the media and Democrats told them to be. This is that movie, The Purge, on a different level. This is the animals behaving badly, the criminals taking over society, the inmates running the prison. Remember that George Floyd is dead because of George Floyd. If George Floyd had not put himself in that situation, the bad cops who contributed to his death would have not been there to begin with. And though you may not agree with the fact that his death was due to his own actions, and that the police did indeed contribute to that demise, you must understand that if he had not done something for which the cops were called, he would never have been on that road, on that day, at that time, to have a knee placed upon his neck. If it were not for George Floyd's actions, George Floyd would be here today, probably committing another crime, but he would still be here today. So now let's take it one logical step further, shall we? If it had not been George Floyd, the media, in their unending hunt for a reason to make any governing body look bad during a Republican presidential administration, they would have found some other dead minority to use, and I do mean use, in their quest for disruption during the Republican presidency of Donald J. Trump. What was the level of anarchy and anti-police sentiment and activity during Obama's term? You had about two days worth of news coverage, and the rest of it was completely off the tube. It certainly was nowhere near this level. You see, when there's a Democrat in the White House, they try to sweep these types of things under the rug quickly. They didn't want to make the great Barack look bad. Meanwhile, in a city like Minneapolis, where Obama settled tens of thousands of Muslims, just like Michigan, you have to ask yourself, if they're doing away with the American style of law enforcement, you know, police, 
Are they simply paving the way to allow more communities to invoke Sharia law? Ouch! Looks like I picked that scab just a little too hard, a little too soon. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle said, Once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. Once we eliminate all the impossibilities, the truth is all that remains, folks. And as always, as I say, that's right, the truth hurts. Here I go again, stirring the pot. There's always a benefit to stirring the pot, a benefit to all sides. One benefit is that you might just learn something. Another benefit is that I too might learn something. Agitators, those who carry big spoons for stirring the pot, actually make their living and get their continuous rotating 15 minutes of fame by stirring the pot. On this program, I give you my opinion. It's my constitutional right to offer my opinion, and therefore I retract nothing. When it comes to my opinion, you have several options. One, agree. It's much simpler that way. Two, disagree and keep it to yourself. Three, disagree and start your own program. Or four, turn it off and remain in the dark as to how someone with a differing point of view might just think. When all is said and done, usually much more is said than is ever done. Life is not fair, and you are owed nothing. This is the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts.